The book of Acts, chapter 13. Acts 13. I know that we uh, were all probably looking forward to the Agony of Victory, part 12, today. Uh, but we're not going to do that today. We're going to take a little break in our study on prayer because uh, there, there's some wonderful things going on here at your church. Um, and, and, you know, I don't like a lot of stuff to be behind the scenes. You know, I, I like for you guys to know your staff. I like for you guys to know uh, what's going on and decisions that are being made and how they're being made and, and who's leading what. I, I like for you guys to have that information. Uh, number one, because it's your church. It's your church, and so you ought to know that information. Number two, so that you can pray. You know what I mean? So that you, you have a sense of what's going on in the church, so that you can pray with knowledge. And number three, just so we're all connected. So that we're all connected and that we're of one mind and one accord. And that's my heart as your shepherd today, is to share with you some things that the Lord is doing that we might be of one mind and one accord and all agree and say yes and amen. So today's a little bit of a family day. It's, it's really for those who call this church home. If you're here visiting, I'm super stoked to hear. That's awesome. But just trip out and enjoy and, and maybe give us another chance and come back next week or something like that. But today will be unlike any day we, we've ever had before. Let's read Acts chapter 13, and then I'll explain the first five verses. Acts 13, starting in verse 1. Now, there were at Antioch in the church that was there, prophets and teachers. And there was Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and uh, that guy, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. I want you to notice here that the early church in Acts chapter 13 were ministering to the Lord. That's basically not doing things for the Lord, but just blessing Him, praising Him, worshiping, not for the Lord, but to the Lord, understand? And they were fasting. And it was in that spiritual context of, of seeking the Lord, blessing the Lord, denying the flesh, giving attention to the spiritual, that the Lord spoke to them very profoundly, significantly, and clearly. And he said, there's two guys involved in your fellowship, and I want you to set them apart for my work. And their names were Saul and Barnabas. Saul being, you know, Paul the Apostle, and Barnabas being his homeboy. And, and he said, set these two apart. And when they were set apart, really, the idea is, when they were removed from the profane and the mundane and brought into the holy and separate unto the Lord, the Lord said, set them apart from me. Let there now be a distinction in their role set them apart. When they had done that in obedience, they laid hands on them and sent them out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, the same thing has happened in this church at this season. Your staff here has been ministering to the Lord. We've been praying before the Lord. We've been fasting and seeking Him, knowing that there were some changes coming our way. And the Lord is doing wonderful things right now in two of the most important ministries in the church. Okay? Two, I mean, really, there's not any ministries in, in my heart that are any more important than these two. And that is the worship ministry and the youth ministry. 
the worship ministry and the youth ministry, these are tantamount to everything else. There's nothing above youth ministry and worship ministry in our hearts. And now the Lord is bringing about some changes in these areas. You may or may not know that for the last two years, Dominic, who is also our worship leader, has been our youth leader. And he and his wife had been faithful for two years, exactly two years, to minister to our youth. Previously, they were living in a place called, um, ah, what is that place? What is it? Ramona, Ramona. I, who knows where Ramona is, but they were somewhere inland. And then the Lord delivered them and brought them to the coastland. And, and that's a blessing for them, but... When the Lord brought him here, brought them here, it was prophetic and it was wonderful. I, I wish I had time to tell you the whole story. Sometime when you see Dominic or Emily, stop them and ask to hear the story. They literally just heard the Lord say through Scripture, we're going to move you to the coastlands. And it was on the day that this church was born. It was on the day that we had our first service. They didn't know about this church. But on the day that we had our first service, September 7th, 2003, the Lord said to them through Scripture, Isaiah 41, which is one of our theme verses, I want you to go to the coastlands. And they just began to pray and seek the Lord and say, Lord, where? They didn't know where. And so they borrowed a motorhome from some people in the fellowship that they were involved in, and they just drove to the coast. And they started driving up the coast. It was awesome, just checking out churches and praying, and, and they got here. And when they got here, we knew and they knew that the Lord was calling them to this place. And really, I need to tell you guys in all sincerity that it was such a gift from God when they rolled into town. I mean, it was a gift from God to this fellowship and to this community. Because now since they've been here, they've ministered to the youth of this community. And people, I got to tell you, as goes the youth, so goes the town. Do you understand that? The youth are the immediate future in the spiritual realm, in the physical realm. They are the immediate future. And for the last two years, Dominic and Emily Bally have prayed for the youth of this coastline. They've ministered to the youth of this coastline as the youth leaders uh, in the word. They, they've taught our kids how to worship. They've taught them how to pray. They've engaged them in relationship. They've discipled them and built them up. They were there late at night when the kids were in trouble and they'd call them. You know, they were there any time of day. And for two years, Dominic and his wife have been absolutely faithful in what the Lord has had them do. And it's been a blessing. Many kids have come to know the Lord. Many kids are on fire for Jesus and serving the Lord because of what the Lord did through them. Now, it's not about Dominic and Emily, understand me, because the Lord spoke through Balaam's donkey. And, and Jesus said at the triumphal entry, and my disciples don't cry out, the stones will. And so truthfully, donkeys and rocks could do what Dominic and Emily have done by the empowering of the Lord. But the Lord chose them. The Lord ordained them and the Lord brought them here and our youth and our church have benefited from that. And now there is coming a transition. The Lord has called Dominic and Emily out of that official role in our youth group. Not that they're going to be leaving our youth. There's relationships that they'll have until the rapture of the church. But, but calling them out of that official role and into full-time music ministry. Yeah, praise God. Because if you know Dominic and, Dominic and Emily, you know they are extremely talented in the area of music. Extremely talented. 
And, and so the, the, this new season that is before them, there's two aspects to it. Dominic has been full-time here at the church. And uh, as of June 1st, he's going part-time. And what he'll be concentrating on being part-time is music ministry or the worship ministry of the church. He'll be concentrating on that just fully 100%, not divided. For a couple years, he's kind of been divided, not in a bad way, but he's had to spread his spiritual energy uh, across the worship ministry and across the youth ministry and other things he does here at the church. But now he's really going to narrow in on, on his most powerful gifting which is in the area of music and worship. And, and he's just going to serve our church in that area. And you guys know how important worship is here. I mean, there is nothing more important. The church exists to praise the name of Jesus. That is why we exist. We of all creation have been ordained to worship God. You know what I mean? The, we have been called to worship him. And, and that is one of the primary reasons that the church exists. And I think if we were to be honest and humble, I think we could say in all sincerity that the Lord has been doing a great work here with regards to worship. He's been doing a wonderful thing. You know, we put most of the worship after the message, and there's a philosophy behind that. It's not just a haphazard thing. It's not just whatever. It's been taught historically in some movements that worship prepares your heart for the word. The worship of God prepares your heart for the word of God. And that is absolutely true. And so that's why we do some worship at the beginning of the service to kind of get your heart prepared to hear the word. Because you know how it is. You come in all crazy, don't you? I mean, sometimes, no, you prepare and everything. But other times it's like, man, you had to beat the kids the whole way here. And then you took them up to the room and you had to ditch them up in the children's classroom. And you and your wife were fighting down the stairs and you spilled your coffee coming in the door. And someone was sitting in your favorite seat and your second choice was already roped off. And you come and you sit down and you're just all. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then we're like, okay, let's open up the Bible. And you're just not ready yet. So that's why we start to worship God and it prepares your heart to hear and receive from the word of God. That's a wonderful truth. But there's another truth that for this fellowship has has been even more potent. And it's this. It's that the study of the word of God prepares your heart for the worship of the God of the word. The study of the word of God prepares your heart for the worship of the God of the word. That is to say, after the Bible study, it's been my observation that here, There is a greater depth of worship that happens after the Bible study. There's there's just a place where where we go because our heart's been ministered to by the Holy Spirit. And when we preach the Word, you know, it's not the words of man, it's the Word of God. And what we pray continually is, Lord, anoint the teaching of the Word. And so we pray that when syllables fall from these lips, that the Holy Spirit would transport them directly to your heart and there would use them as life-transforming agents because the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. And, and, and so you've been ministered to by the Word. Gosh, you've been blessed. You've been maybe convicted, maybe busted a little. You've been trained. You've been enlightened. You've been challenged. And then we start to worship again. And, and what we're doing really, our intent there is to lock you into the presence of the Holy Spirit. To let him minister the word to your heart. You know, I I hate to just end the sermon and say amen and then send you out to drink coffee and drive off. Because Jesus taught in the parable of the sower that Satan comes looking to snatch the word sometimes. 
And I think if we don't take time to let that word sink deep in our heart, if it just kind of falls upon some, some maybe rocky or hard soil and just kind of sits, I think as we go out and we drink coffee and we start talking about surfing and the beach or troubles and this and that, the enemy just comes and just goes, Phew. And, and so the Lord has showed us, you know what, shut that back door to the enemy. Lock him in the church for another half an hour or 40 minutes. And just begin to praise my name, because here's the deal. Jesus said in John chapter 4 that the Father is seeking those who would worship him in spirit and truth. So when we start to do that, the Father comes and he ministers to our hearts. He, he causes a word to go deep in our hearts. He purges out things that ought not to be there. He builds and fortifies things that he wants there. And we see lives transformed during that second set of worship. I mean, we see it. We see people get saved during that time. We see people get delivered during that time. We see people get healed during that time, be reconciled during that time. We see prayers, answers. We see unbelievable things during that time of worship. It's extremely important to the life-transforming work that God is doing here in our midst and to be absolutely honest with you Dominic Valley his wife Emily play the key role in that ministry in our church they stand in the gap they in so many ways that you will really truthfully never know bear the brunt of a spiritual battle that we might just receive freely from the Holy Spirit in this context. Let me explain. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20, there was a man named King Jehoshaphat, and he was one of the good kings. And everything was cool in the land, and Jehoshaphat was chilling. But then he heard that some of the surrounding nations were coming against him, the Amabites and the Moabites and the Titites and the Flashlights and all those people. And so he began to seek the Lord. Lord, what should we do? And it's wonderful. The Lord said to him, Jehoshaphat, you need not fight this battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to send those who sing praises to the Lord in holy attire, send them into the battlefield. In other words, send the worship team into the battlefield. And so he woke up in the morning. He said, okay, worship team, get your little worship clothes on and take your instruments and go down and begin to praise the Lord. I mean, can you picture it in your head? There are thousands of enemies of Israel on the other side of the battlefield. And what enters into the field that morning at dawn was not an army carrying weapons per se, but the worshipers carrying the praise of the Most High God. And we're told in Second Chronicles chapter 20 that as they begin to praise the Lord, the Lord set an ambush for the enemy. He confused them and he confounded them so that the enemy turned on themselves and began to kill themselves until there was kill each other until there wasn't a single one left. And there's Israel in the battlefield just singing the praises to the Lord. You see, there's a, a profound lesson there. That there is a spiritual battle that is won in the realm of praise. When Jesus is exalted... We're told in the Psalms that God is enthroned upon the praises of our people. And so when we enthrone him on that throne of praise, it dethrones the work of the enemy. It thwarts the work of the enemy. It refuses the enemy entrance into places he's trying to get into. And Dominic, as our worship leader, week in and week out, stands in that gap with others, with intercessors and prayer warriors and watchmen and watchwomen, stands in that gap that we might just worship the Lord freely and receive the healing that comes in his wings. And so we, under the leading of the Lord, feel that it's time to ordain him as a music minister. 
We're going to ordain him. He's just going to concentrate on that full time. And then there's one other aspect to it. He and his wife are starting a nonprofit called Redemption Song Entertainment. It's so exciting. Here's what they're going to do. Redemption Song Entertainment is going to raise up musicianaries. You've heard of missionaries, right? Well, they're going to raise up musicianaries, not missionaries, musicianaries. That is people that will minister to the nations through music. Now, Dominic is extremely gifted in music, but he's also extremely gifted as a pastor in equipping the saints, in discipling people and in raising them up. And God has given him wisdom to impart in that realm. So he's going to put on his spiritual eyes, he and Emily, and they're going to view the land for people that God is calling into music ministry. And he's going to grab them. He's going to pour into them and minister to them on so many levels. He's going to plug them into the fellowship here. We're going to see them raised up. And then when God calls us to plant more churches, as he is at this moment, we'll be able to send them out with these brand new musicianaries. When there's an outreach going on, you know, wherever it is in the world, we'll have teams of musicianaries raised up that we could send out. And another aspect of that is recording. Uh, Dominic has started a recording studio. And he'll be recording music that praises the Lord, that honors and glorifies Jesus Christ and recording various artists. And and so those two facets, worship ministry here at the church, and then dovetailing into that, Redemption Song Entertainment. And it's an exciting new season for him and Emily. So we want to bring them up. Dominic. Aren't they cute? I mean, they're both cute. Look at them. Uh, Dominic is 25 years old. I don't, Emily, how old are you, sweetie? 24. 24 and 25, and, and just being used of the Lord so powerfully. It's so awesome to see. And so Dominic now is going to become the first music minister that reality has ever ordained for that specific purpose. Very excited, very honored to be able to do this today. Um, he's also the first person with dreadlocks we've ever ordained. So we're super excited. That's wonderful. And uh, Dominic comes from a line of pastors. His grandfather is a pastor and his father is a pastor. And they're here today. So I'd like to bring the two of them up, please. If you guys would come forward. Amen. Three generations of ministers of the gospel right here. So beautiful. Yeah. And now I'd like to bring up the rest of the pastoral staff. If you guys would come forward. Come on, little guys. I want you guys to look very carefully at your pastoral staff, the ones that just came up. Uh, they're young men, aren't they? I think it's so exciting to see the Lord doing that. I mean, it's totally biblical. The Lord called David, you know what I mean? Timothy and Jeremiah, it goes on and on. It's so wonderful. Pastor G's the oldest pastor on staff. He's 35. He, he's, oh, 36. Dang, you are old, bro. Okay, we're not so young. But we got some young ones. So Dominic and Emily, if you guys would come right here. 
and uh, we are going to lay hands on Dominic and ordain him as a music minister. You guys just extend your hand and your heart and just agree in prayer if you would. Thank you so much, Lord. Lord, we bless your holy name. This is your son. And we know that even as you ordained Jeremiah from before the womb, you called Dominic. Thank you for it, Lord. And we're just honored and blessed that you call them to this church at this moment in history. We truly are grateful. Him and Emily and Selah, their little one, are such a gift to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the way that they have ministered to our youth so faithfully, so powerfully. Thank you for the way that they minister to us uh, through worship and through music and the impact that they have on the spiritual realm. It's awesome. And Lord, we know that you've already ordained Dominic. The, the fruit is evident. You've already done it. And so we just come alongside and say yes and amen. It's nothing that we're doing. Nothing really changes today. You've already done it. It's just his church recognizing, saying, yeah, Lord, we see that. He is our worship pastor. He is our music minister. We're grateful for it, Lord. We pray an increase of your anointing upon him. Lord, a double portion of your anointing upon him. We pray a hedge of protection about his marriage. We know that the enemy is dumb and would love to do dumb stuff, but we pray a hedge of protection about this marriage. We pray a hedge of protection about Selah. Lord, we just pray that you would hide them in the shadow of your wings and you would just nurture this family. You would cultivate this powerful calling that you would bless worship ministry here and and everywhere in the world that you'll use them, that you would bless redemption song entertainment. Thank you for the multitudes that will be raised up and ministered to through that vision. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, we bless you and we give you all the glory. It's you, Jesus. It's your church. This is your son and it's your honor. And we say yes and amen to your ordination of Dominic this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good to see you. Um, Yeah, let's have the, the pastoral staff stay up. Okay, now this little guy right here, this is Ryan Hilner, and uh, yeah, give him some love. Ryan is uh, a local boy, and he grew up going to church at Calvary Chapel, Santa Barbara. I can remember the first time that I saw him, I, I was doing the college ministry at Calvary Chapel, Santa Barbara at the time, and and, uh, you know, it was for people from 18 to the age of 30 is what it was kind of specified for. But this little guy was sneaking in there and he was barely, he says he's 15, but I pretty much remember him being 14. He was 14 or 15 years old. And here he is with people 18 to 30. And you know what? I, I preached to that crowd every week for seven years. And, you know, I saw a lot of people kind of flicking the ear in front of them and playing with their hair and hemming and hawing, you know, a lot of mature people. But I saw this young man, and I'll tell you what, he was like a sponge when it came to the Word of God. I mean, he was there, and he was just engaged. You know the attention span of a 14-year-old? I mean, they're literally insane. But he just, he was so in love with the Lord. 
and so drawn to the things of the Lord. There was just a depth of relationship. And I can remember the first time I ever spoke to him and he came up to me afterwards and I was standing in front of the stage kind of like this. And I don't remember the conversation, but I remember looking at him and I remember the Lord speaking to my heart like a bolt of lightning and saying, I have called and anointed this young man for my ministry. I mean, I will never forget it. It was one of the clearest things I have ever heard from the Lord. And that was seven years ago. And, and during that time, he's been discipled by Pastor G and others. But Pastor G has played a huge role in his life. And I'll tell you what, it is such a blessing that at this moment in history, God has called him to lead the youth at this church. I mean, people, we are blessed. We are blessed. This is God's man in God's place at God's time. That's what this is. And as I said earlier, there's nothing more important to us than the youth. I mean, there really isn't. And when we started this church, our dream was for the youth. What our hearts longed for was the salvation of the youth. What we got excited about was seeing kids come to the Lord. And, and that's, the same, that's true at this moment. What most excites this church in our corporate heart is the kids. It's about the kids, guys. It's about the youth. And so now, as of June 1st, he's coming on staff part-time. He owns a photography business, and, and he's got some obligations over the summer. And so over the summer, he'll be part-time here at the church, leading our youth and, and finishing up his uh, photography business. And then on September 1st, he goes full-time here at the church. And he's really had to lay that on the altar. You know, it was a business that was blessed by God. He had a business partner. He started it, and uh, he's making more money than he's ever going to make at the church. And uh, he really had to put that on the altar when the Lord called him, but he's done it gladly. This man has counted the costs. He's considered and he's prayed. And the Lord has confirmed to this staff that this is God's man at God's place at God's time. God spoke it prophetically, profoundly, and very clearly. And so I, I want you guys to be excited because there are incredible things that are going to happen in the youth of this community in the months and the years to come. I believe we're going to see an incredible harvest of youth. I believe we're going to see kids deliver that were formerly cutting themselves. I believe we're going to see kids delivered from sexual immorality. I believe we're going to see kids delivered from drugs and from slavery and from violence. I believe we're going to see kids that come from a broken home and that the fatherless are going to find a father in our God. I believe that God is going to do more than we've even thought to ask. And the Lord is going to use Ryan. Now, remember, it's... Yeah, praise the Lord. Just remember, though, it's not about him. Just like it's not about me or any other individual. It's about the Lord. And the Lord spoke through Balaam's donkey. And so man is no big deal. But historically speaking, when God wants to move, he raises up a man. And he raises up a man through whom he could get all the glory. Through whom God can get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And I also want to remind you guys that in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says that parents are to teach their children the word of God. That they're to speak about it when they sit on the couch. They're to speak about it when they walk along the wayside. They're to speak about the word of God continually. That's to say that youth ministry is really your responsibility, parents. It's not the church's responsibility. It starts at home and it needs to end at home. That is to be the bulk of youth ministry. Your children going in the Lord is what you do at home. 
And then what the church does, biblically speaking, is we just come alongside that. We will not raise your kids in the Lord for you. That's not biblical. That's not what we're supposed to do. We've got them a few hours a week, but what we will do is for those that, that time that we have them, we give you our word that we will be faithful to minister to them in prayer, minister to them the heart of the Father, minister to them worship, minister to them the power of the cross and victory over the enemy, minister to them walking in the Spirit and walking in freedom from sin, that we will engage them in relationship and disciple them in the things of the Lord. But at the end of the day, parent, it's your responsibility to see that your kids grow in the Lord. But we're called by God to come alongside for a season of their lives and to partner with the parents of this community in seeing our children know and love the Lord. And so we welcome Ryan to staff. We welcome him today. And and what we're not doing today is we're not ordaining him this day. We, we don't ordain people, God does. We just, when we see that God has, has clearly raised them up as a pastor and people are following them and those who are following them are bearing much fruit, then we say, okay, God has done it. We lay hands on saying yes and amen, we agree. And so this is the beginning of a brand new season. And so we're going to watch Ryan, not in the sense of I'm watching you, but in the sense of this is going to be wonderful to see what the Lord does. As he falls in love with the kids and the kids fall in love with him and, and they follow him as he follows Christ and their lives bear fruit. And at that, at that time, with one mind and one accord, we'll come together and say, okay, God has done it. He's made him a shepherd and a pastor. Let's lay hands on him and agree. But what we do today is just welcome him to the staff as our youth leader. And so let's lay hands on this man. We're going to have Pastor G pray. And let's welcome him to the ministry. You guys extend your heart and hand. Father, we thank you for this man and this hour and this time. That it is your plan. And we ask Jesus that you would anoint him in such a wonderful way. That you know the hearts and the minds of these kids in this community. So we ask that you would give Ryan insight and how he can minister. We ask that you would broaden his shoulders. We ask that you would give him the mind of Christ. We ask that you would broaden the shield of faith. Lord, we pray that you would quicken his hands to battle in the spiritual realm. And we we trust and believe, Lord, that you will have your way and that you, Jesus, has raised him. And so we commit him to you, believing that you will minister mightily through him. And so, Lord, we just yield and say yes and amen. And we anoint him with oil, trusting that your Holy Spirit will come, equipping, empowering, and moving freely in his life for your glory, your honor, your praise. We pray in your precious name. Amen. 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 So I I hope that you guys feel educated about what's going on in your church. I hope that you feel connected. I, I hope that you feel the sense of family that the Lord wants us to feel, that we're in this together. And and in that I want to give you a little bit of responsibility. I want to give you a little bit of responsibility. I'm just going to give you five ways, five sentences as to how to pray for these guys from this day forward. 
And I'm entrusting this to you as a family member, saying, look, family member, will you take upon yourself the responsibility to pray for these men in this new season? Here's the first thing that I want you to pray for them. Is that the ministry never gets between uh, them and Jesus. You understand that? It's a weird thing, and, and, and you know this if you're active in ministry, that the, the ministry always wants to really grab your heart and your soul and your mind and consume you, when really we need to be consumed with Jesus Christ. I mean, it's all about him. It's not about what we do for him. It's about the being. It's not about the working. It's about the relationship. But I know, having been involved in ministry for almost a decade, that it is always trying to get between me and my love, Jesus Christ. And I've always got to be saying, ministry, get out of the way. Uh, Jesus is the reason that I'm doing this. I'm in love with him, not with you. But the enemy would love to see us fall in love with ministry and get consumed with that. So would you pray that they want it, that Jesus would always be between them and the ministry? And then listen, here's a principle. Ministry flows from intimacy. Powerful ministry flows from intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so I want you to pray that they would be intimate with the Lord. They are, but even more so that they'd fall more in love with Jesus, cultivate uh, greater quiet times, more time spent with him, that they would just be nearer to the heart of God. And as they're very intimate with him, powerful ministry is going to flow out of them. And the third thing is that their ears would be tuned to the leading of the Holy Spirit. These are very young men who have been entrusted with a tremendous amount of authority. And wouldn't you agree that we want them to be led by the Holy Spirit? Because church, they will lead us. These young men lead us. Week in and week out in the life of the church, they are key leaders. And so we need them to hear the voice of God. We need them to be led by the Spirit of God. We need them to receive revelation and direction and insight from the Spirit. We also need them to be wise to the schemes of the enemy. I've got to tell you that the enemy has a special eye for God's men. For those that are called into the ministry, for those that are on the front line, Satan would love to ravage and destroy them because Satan knows, and this has been proven historically, that if he could take down a key leader, he could take down multitudes of people. And so you really have got to pray a hedge of protection about them, a hedge of protection in the spiritual realm, that you would hold a shield of faith over them and that you would pray, Lord, open their eyes to the schemes of the enemy, that they wouldn't fall into those schemes or the pitfalls of the flesh, but they would be wise in what is good, innocent in what is evil. And lastly, that they would have wisdom from above. As I said, they are young men and Solomon was a young man when he became the king of Israel. And God said, Solomon, I'll give you anything that you want. Ask of me, I'll give you anything. And Solomon said, Lord, I'm a young man. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. Who can lead a people such as yours? Give me wisdom. And God made him the wisest man in the world. You know what? I want two of the wisest men in the world leading this church. And James chapter 1 says, if we ask for wisdom, God's going to give wisdom. So I'm charging you guys today, even as these young men have been charged, I'm charging you guys with the responsibility of coming alongside them in prayer, that we might be led together in one mind and in one accord in the spirit for the glory of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, listen, let's worship the king now. Let's move into a time of worship. And I know it's hot. Everybody's sweaty. So just get over that. We're going to sweat a little bit, but let's get into worship. It's fun to worship and sweat. You got to see Dominic at the end of it. He is a sweaty man, dreadlocks and everything. So just don't worry about the fact that it's hot.
But let's praise the Lord for who he is.